Montana El Diablo. The rootinest, tootinest P.I. that ever lived. But that doesn't work because he's not a cowboy. He's a P.I. Uh, and you know what doesn't work? Attributing anything to Montana El Diablo. Because Montana El Diablo is just a shell. He's a shell for you, the user, the listener. Because this is not some story where you follow along in a passive way. This is where you make decisions, real decisions that have impact. Life and death. People surviving. People living their best lives or their worst lives. Mountains ascended. Valleys trothed. Which I don't believe is a word. (laughs) I cannot call it a choose your own adventure. Because Chooseco, the company, sued Netflix and I'm afraid of them now. But that already tells you what it is, because it's not a choose-your-own-adventure. It's a non-linear, user-driven narrative experience. Montana El Diablo, you will inhabit him. You will become him. You will make his decisions. And one of the more interesting parts is there are over 50 endings in the Montana El Diablo, the infinite adventures of. Will you succeed where others have failed? Will you fail? where others have succeeded? Will you make the right choice? Can you solve the incredibly simplistic puzzles? Apparently math is hard. Montana El Diablo. You can search for it in your podcast app or you can go to MontanaElDiablo.com and engage in the most exciting adventure that has ever been put out on the internet. I got real soft there at the end. I think this is the third start of the podcast that actually felt like it went faster. The music song went faster. I should speed it up in post each time. Just make the song go a little, little faster, whatever. North Korea is an ever present threat in Japan. And it's because they regularly shoot missiles over Japan. Now they just land in the ocean. Uh, They land in the sea of Japan, which other countries don't like it being called the sea of Japan. I am not getting into that. I actually don't think anyone's own, own, I don't think anyone owns a sea, so they should just give it a different name. A non-country related name would be best. Uh, but in the last two weeks, North Korea has shot seven missiles over Japan. We actually had a guy join my company, and it was uh, I'd been here for like a decade or fifteen years or something. So for me, this was not a new experience. And he came in and he was just losing his mind. He's like, North Korea fired a missile. It fell really close to Japan. What, what do we do? Like, should I go home? And I was like, dude, that's like every couple of weeks. They just do it to make noise. It's, it's saber rattling. Like literally the definition of saber rattling. I have said in, in the past that my biggest concern would actually be North Korea hitting something by accident. They're not hitting anything on purpose. They're shooting it. It goes into the sky, goes into the sea, and they're like, ooh, look at our missiles. Mm -hmm." I I don't know if that's an appropriate North Korean accent or not, but I I won't get too racist today. In the last two weeks, they've shot seven missiles, and they say this is a test for our self-defense capabilities. And because they started shooting so many missiles... The USS Ronald Reagan, which is an aircraft carrier, sort of sort of hanging around Japan. And then they're like, well, that's bad, so we're going to shoot more missiles. And basically their response to any development in the area is to shoot a missile, to try to make sure everyone knows they're still there. They have tested an ICBM, 
which is actually very, this is what got the, the USS Ronald Reagan involved. They're like, if you're going to shoot like things that could be nuclear payloads that could hit America, you're getting America's attention, which is weird because in a way, that's what they want. They want America's attention to like take them seriously. But at the same time, you don't really want America's attention, if I'm being honest. So they said this was for self-defense, which is what Japan says. Japan has a self-defense force, but Japan actually has not. I was, it was before, no, maybe last year, people started proposing that Japan's self-defense capabilities actually include. North Korea said that these were tests were for self-defense, and Japan has had a similar thing. In the Constitution, they are not allowed to attack other nations. In uh, the Constitution, so what they wanted to do was revise the Constitution in Japan so they could have self-defensive strike capabilities, as in, if North Korea shoots a missile, we should be able to hit their base from Japan. So we're not invading the country, we're just destroying the thing that shot a missile at us, which is a very gray line as far as self-defense goes. That's like, you're standing outside, I'm trying to think of an equivalency. A guy takes a swing at you, uh, so you're able to hit him back. I guess that is self-defense. I don't know. Being able to shoot a missile into another country doesn't seem very self-defensey. I think what they need is one of these like uh, uh, defensive shields where they can like shoot down missiles, which I think Japan could actually come up with the technology to do that. Thing is, one of the ministers from North Korea then came out with a statement, and the statement was, "These are tests for self-defense for wiping out our enemies. You don't need to worry." I assume, I guess, unless you're one of our enemies, which every country is essentially North Korea's enemy. I think China at the moment is the only one. Wiping out our enemies does not sound very self-defensive. It actually sounds very aggressive to me. But uh, this is maybe why I'm not in charge of international politics. North Korea, again, with the saber rattling and whatnot, is very vociferous in the things they, they like to do. And a lot of the things they like to do is like have everyone try to take them seriously. Animal attacks. We did, I, this has become the new theme. It was it was like underwear theft and then it was dirty 50-year-old men. And now it seems to be animal attacks. We had monkeys attacking children and then some men and then the men fought back against the monkeys. We had dolphins attacking some people. And then we had a boar knock down a lady. Then we had a, a there was a monkey spotted in a city and these guys went to go tranquilize it, and the tranquilizer gun went off and hit a woman standing at the train station, the woman who called for the about the monkey. So animal attacks. Suddenly this has become Ninja News Japan animal attacks. Uh, in October, a man found a 1.6-meter-long boa constrictor snake in his toilet. Uh, it was on, he was on the second-floor apartment, so it must have come up through the plumbing. He said, I was so surprised, I didn't need to go anymore. And I mean that in itself. Okay, so he found a snake in his toilet. Uh, what do you do? So he called the Environmental Hygiene Control Office, which I, it's a very weird name for animal control. But I guess uh, hygiene, hygiene control, maybe it's about rats and stuff. I'm not sure. They said, we're going to come the next day and get the snake. And I just immediately stopped and went, what do you mean the next day? So... This man is in a very interesting position where, A, do you stay in your apartment and like try to go to sleep with a snake in the toilet? Because the snake may come out of the toilet. Or do you leave the apartment 
and then the snake gets out of the toilet out of the toilet and you don't know where it is anymore so this is a very interesting conundrum for the man what do you do i don't know what i do because i want to know where that snake is but i also know i might need to sleep uh it turns out the snake is not harmless but you know it is not a snake that would attack people unless there was a problem the problem being that it's now in a toilet like that is actually a problem in itself so let's just put okay i'm this is going to be very specious of me but i don't trust snakes I'm making a statement and it's it's a pretty strong one and it's very conservative, I know, but I don't just I just don't trust snakes. I wouldn't want to leave a snake in my house alone. I wouldn't want to sit up with a snake all night. So it turns out the next day they came and they tried to figure out where it came from. The snake came from the apartment below. So the apartment below, the guy was like, Oh, I have a big boa constrictor. It's time for me to wash my snake. So he put the snake in the bathtub, then lost track of it. I don't know what, there seems to be a bit of a, a, a gap in the story between I'm washing my snake and my snake is missing. But he like left the bathroom and came back and then the snake was gone. So it must have gone into the drain. But why did you leave your snake in the bathroom unattended? That seems like a weird idea. Uh, he, he apologized. He said, I'm sorry for all, I'm sorry for causing so much trouble. I'm going to make an effort to learn more about snakes now. That was a weird statement to me as well, because why do you have a 1.6 meter long snake, which is a size of a full grown woman? Why do you have a snake that big and you need to learn more about snakes? I think that's not the kind of snake you you just get. It's sort of something you graduate to. So you get like a little, you know, 10 centimeter snake and that's sort of your your first snake and then you work up to 1.6 meters you don't start that way uh which i mean dude no he doesn't he shouldn't have a snake i'm glad no one got hurt i mean i'm always glad no one got hurt the snake didn't get hurt they returned the snake to the guy downstairs but if i'm the guy upstairs i i don't know if i'm really happy about having this dude who doesn't know how to take care of his snake living under me anymore there's the Capybara Safari Park, which is now the place I've learned about. It's the place I want to go. Uh, everyone loves Capybaras. They're big, fat rats, and they seem very lazy, and they hang out, and they don't hurt anybody. Oh, but they do. So that image has not been earned. One bit a child, oh, bit two children back in September. The suspect, so they don't actually know because these Capybaras are unsupervised. It seems like animals unsupervised might actually be the underlying theme of the issue going on. The suspect, the suspected capybara is Pino. So this was a petting zoo. And so kids, you bring your kids in to pet the capybara. The capybara, they're very easygoing. They don't bite people. They don't attack people until they do. Pino is 40 kilograms, which is the size of a small child. Pino has known to have knocked over a one-year-old kid who's probably less than 40 kilos. So basically this kid's looking at this animal that is heavier, stouter than they are. And it's like, nah, you're going down. And it knocks that kid down. It stood on its hind legs and bit the six year, bit a six-year-old girl sort of in the ear, in the sort of, I guess, around the, the lower jaw area. The kid needed nine stitches. Now, I don't want to make fun of this kid. That is traumatic. They are not going to find Capybara cute ever again. But having said, I don't want to make fun of that kid. I'm not, because that sucks for that kid. Everyone loves Capybara. And now this one kid is going to hate Capybara. 
the police are conducting an investigation. Now, it's a one-day investigation because they're pretty sure Pino did it, but they don't want to be racist and just pin it on Pino. Maybe maybe Pino's the fall capybara. But because they're conducting an investigation, Pino has been put into isolation. So our list of animals to be careful of includes North Koreans, monkeys, dolphins, boars, uh, s- giant snakes, and capybaras. I mean, the world's gone mad. Absolutely, it does seem to be the animals are taking note, and this is their time to rise up. Animals attack is not finished. I have one more animals attack story. It's not as exciting. It's not as exciting an animal. It's a dog. Uh, I mean, I like dogs. We got Dave. Dave is sort of the the official mascot of everything I do. A dog jumped on a local train in Hadano, bound for Shinjuku in Tokyo. So this dog wanted to go out and party in Shinjuku. The staff came on to get it off, and it bit the staff. That's the whole story. Uh, There's tons of pictures of this dog on the internet right now. That's all. So if you actually see a picture of a dog, it's it's like a Shiba. It might not be a purebred, but it looks like a Shiba Inu. If you see that picture, that's what happened. The dog got on at a very local station, probably with no staff around, uh, started you know, getting all worked up because people are staring at the dog. It's like, I just want to go to Shinjuku. Just leave me alone, man. Uh, and then the staff came on and sort of tried to usher him off, and he, he bit him. But in this case, I don't blame the animal so much. Pino the capybara. Oh, again, no, I'm prejudging. This is wrong. The police have not concluded their investigation, so I cannot say Pino is guilty. Pino knocking over a kid is not the same as someone getting bitten in the face. So I'm sorry, Pino. Uh, I'm saying that now, but if it, it is concluded that you are the, the capybara that attacked that child, you deserve all the hate that comes your way. If not, I need to apologize because I have prejudged based on your previous actions. Although being an aggressive capybara, I mean, is there anything worse in the world? I'm going to make a shirt that says free Pino. <laughs> Pino is also in Japan a small ice cream snack. It comes in a box and there's like six little blobs of ice cream covered in chocolate. Uh, they're quite good. So if you ever come to Japan, you can have a Pino, but they might have to change the name because it's going to be uh, associated with Pino the the racist capybara. There was a woman got scammed. And I actually feel bad, but it's a bit of a stretch. So, so you feel like scams can be good. I actually got scammed out of money. And it's because it was put your money in this and you get a payout. And I got the first payout. So then I put more money in and then they stopped paying out. And they started asking for more money. And I, I lucky I didn't get too ripped off, but I did get ripped off. So I scams... I mean, I try to consider myself a relatively intelligent person that's kind of aware of what's going on, but I got scammed uh, because they did that seed money. I got that first taste. And when I put more money in the second time, that was what they were planning on. That now that you've been, it's been paid out once, it's legitimate, you'll put in more money the next time. Uh, luckily, I didn't put in all my money. Uh, but still, I lost funds. I did get that guy. I don't know if they caught him, but I got his little operation shut down, although he probably just opened again the next day with a different website or whatever. But this one stretches the limits of imagination. There was a man started talking to a woman online. Line is a primarily a chat service app in Japan. If you're in Japan and you meet Japanese people, the way you're going to communicate primarily is going to be via Line. 
This man claimed to be a Russian astronaut and he was currently on the International Space Station. And speaking to this woman, they had fallen in love and he said he was going to marry her. But the problem was he needed money to return to Earth so that he could marry him. Now, this was a problem. There's, there's so many problems here. One, I'm pretty sure when you are sent to the International Space Station, there's a plan to bring you back. And I don't believe you pay for that. He, was, he called it, um, he needed money for a rocket and landing fees. Now, I would have at that point gone like, there are no landing fees put on the astronaut to return to Earth. I'm pretty sure the government or whoever sent you up there is responsible for bringing you back. But then I was like, this is a Japanese person. And in Japan, landing fees sounds completely reasonable because they, they have fees. When I joined a judo club, they said, you have to pay a 10,000 yen introduction fee. But in my head, I was like, but I've already met you. What do you mean? Now, the introduction fee wasn't an introduction fee. It was to for, for like processing insurance and filling out forms and stuff. Once that was explained to me, I was okay with it. But the way they presented it was introduction fee. And then Japan has a thing called key money where you pay essentially a month's rent for nothing. Like you're supposed to get that back, but no one ever does. So that's a little confusing. So growing up in that culture, a landing fee actually makes a certain amount of sense. This is the ultimate. I have a boyfriend or I have a girlfriend but you don't know them. They go to a different high school. This woman, she's 65 years old. And she says, I, I have this boyfriend. I met him via line. You wouldn't know him. He's on the International Space Station. He then, once he got the, I believe it was 4 million yen for landing fees in a rocket, he started asking for more. And that's when she got suspicious and brought it to the police. So she did lose that money. I bet they're not going to catch this guy because it's going to be really hard to, to like make a case out of him. Uh, but this could be Pino's chance for redemption. If Pino hunts down the person who is claiming to be an astronaut on the ISS and scamming uh, Japanese ladies, bite him and we'll for all is forgiven. A Twitter user, Twitter follower. I don't know what to call people. I don't, I'm very uncomfortable calling someone a fan. Listener. It's because like I don't consider myself good enough to have fans. <laughs> This is a, a moment of self-deprecation on, on Peter's part. Uh, via Twitter, the username was Kini, but the actual address was Geek of <laughs> Geek of uh, sent me this story. And I appreciate that. I, I, I want to encourage people to send in any stories related to Japan. I'll look at them. And if they are of the ilk of the type of story I will do, I will absolutely do the story. And Shizuoka. Oh, what I wanted to say was thank you, Kini, for sending in the story. Uh, and then I had to immediately start disparaging myself because I can't have nice things or be a good person or have people love me. In Shizuoka, there was a silver attache case and it was partially obscured by the bushes. And that's, a silver attache case is sort of a, a movie thing to me. I don't think I've actually seen a silver attache case in real life. Um, I, I carry a messenger bag, which is actually, it turns out it's really bad for your shoulders. I have a sling back for my judo bag which is also, again, really bad for your shoulders because all the weight goes across one shoulder. But I always have silver attache case handcuffed to the person and they have to cut off their hand to get the silver attache case and it's bulletproof and stuff like that. 
So everyone sees this thing. It has these sort of associations. So everyone's very suspicious. What is this silver attache case? And it seems to have been obscured. So maybe it's a bomb. So they call the police and the police, they have to take it seriously. So they shut down traffic within 300 meters of this attache case. And then they're like, we can, we're not going to touch it. We're going to call in the bomb squad. Now the bomb squad is slow. It took them three and a half hours uh, to get to the thing, the attache case, crank it open. I don't know if they try to x-ray it or what. I'm going to pause the story to create tension. But I actually had a similar thing happen outside my house. So there's my house and then across the road, there's a parking lot that is for a community center and like a library and stuff. There was a bag there, paper bag. And, it, and on the outside of the paper bag attached to it was a note. And the note said, please open for a surprise. Someone called the cops because this is suspicious. Cops call the bomb squad because maybe it's a bomb. You have these things, you have to take them seriously. Obviously, if I'm telling the story now, the way I'm telling it, it's actually pretty obvious nothing really happened. There was no bomb inside. But they don't know that going in. So they have to treat it like there is a bomb. Now, in the paper bag, when they finally got to the point and opened it up, there was no bomb. It was dirty laundry. And it turned out this person uh, maybe had a mental disability, was going and leaving stuff like this around the town we live in. So it hasn't happened since because they've kind of taken care of it. In Shizuoka, they have the same problem. You have an attache case. It seems like it was placed there on purpose. What is it? We have to pretend like it's a bomb. We have to treat it like it's a bomb because if it's not a bomb, no problem. But if it is a bomb, we don't want it to explode. So they get the bomb squad out. Three and a half hours later, they get the silver attache case. They open it up very carefully. And uh, three and a half hours later, you find out it's full of sex toys. Now, it turns out, this area is very popular for unauthorized dumping of garbage. Japan has very complicated garbage rules. You have to separate plastics. You have to have recyclables. You have to have uh, glass. Like You have specific days to dispose of specific things. Now, I had never looked into this because I'd never thought about it. But when is your sex toy disposal day? Their primary plastic products... Uh, but if I bring it to the garbage and other people see it, they're kind of going to know what I have. Like, clearly this person was done with their sex toys. Is it recyclable? I don't believe so. It is a plastic, so it's going to go to a landfill. Uh, maybe it's not the right day, but the landfill, the, the, the like large unburnable product bag is see-through. So everyone's going to see me dump my bag of sex toys and I don't want to have that embarrassment so they put it in an attache case and closed it which is not see-through and then like I don't need this attache case I got it for one of my sex dungeon plays with my sex toys and they put it in this place that is very popular for dumping garbage so that's problematic but it's 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 interesting because it does lead up to a question I never asked myself living in Japan if I have a sex toy and I want to throw my throw away my sex toy what kind of garbage is it and I would have the exact same thing. I don't actually want other people, people in my community to know that I had these sex toys and that I'm throwing them away because I've used them so roughly they're finished. I think the police did the right thing. It is funny that it was full of sex toys though because let's just face it, everything's funny if it's full of sex toys. 
That is an amazing sentence I just made. If you didn't appreciate it, I want you to take a second and think about what I just said. Everything is funny if it's full of sex toys. Uh, There are 160 brothels. (laughs) You can see where Ninja News Japan just went. Animal attacks to weird sex stories. There are 160 brothels in Osaka, and they're part of a union. And that union has a rule that for state funerals, the brothels close. This is usually done for emperors. So the last time this happened was in 1989. Uh, The emperor died, and the union rule is that you close for state funerals. There's no arguing. There's just no question. Close for the state funeral. Brothels were closed for that one day in 1989. There is no fucking, only mourning on that day. So Abe, quite recently, had a state funeral. And because Abe had a state funeral, 160 brothels in Osaka closed for that day. I just thought that was very interesting because I've been talking about like the, the, the prefectures flying their flags at half-mast and how much it cost and stuff like that. I didn't think about like there are rules in place for state funerals for other organizations and one of these organizations turned out to be brothels. If an emperor dies, no fucking only mourning. And because... Prime Minister Abe died and had a state funeral. There was no fucking in Osaka that day. Uh, We'll do this as our last story. Uh, We'll end on a lighter note. Usually I actually get dirtier as the podcast goes on, but I just want to have like a clean ending. JAXA. So I've been talking about the space program a lot because they had this thing where anyone could apply to be an astronaut and I didn't do it because I thought, oh, they don't want people my age. And then it turns out people my age actually got in. Um, they took 50 people and those 50 people, uh, six of them are women. So in one of the goals is to have Japan have the first woman on the moon, which I think is a really cool goal. JAXA, the space, the Japanese space agency is like, we're, since we're sending people to space, we want to take care of those people. And Japan's very big on hygiene. So let's actually work with nine companies to develop sort of space amenities, because something I hadn't thought about, because I've never been to space and I've never actually had the thing, uh, was showers. You can't shower in space because if you have a machine like a shower that shoots water, it just sort of goes everywhere. It doesn't actually hit your body. You actually really think showers work because of gravity. So they have to use body wipes, which makes perfect sense. So what they're trying to do is body wipes, so sort of personal cleanliness items, socks, uh, dental products, this kind of thing. So I was—I never thought about like, again, I brush my teeth, I rinse out my mouth, I spit. You can't do that in space. So what do you do? They have a foam that you put in your mouth and I guess you just rub it and then you swallow it. So you do—you you have to be really careful about stuff floating around in, in, in the International Space Station or in your rocket ship. They are currently testing nine products. So uh, water's restricted so any basically nothing can use water in space. Uh, then they also have a problem with cleaning clothes. So the astronauts just wear the same clothes all the time. Now the the temperature is pretty controlled, but I'm sure they are doing some labor and you do sweat and you do stink every now and then. If they're using the body wipes, maybe they don't sweat or stink as much. Uh, they want to come up with a wipe for cleaning your clothes, which I think down on earth might actually be really useful for some people I've worked with in the past. 
they want a sheet for cleaning your hair. So you can't wash your hair. So my first thought would be like, oh, I'd shave my head before I go to space. But even though I don't have a lot of hair, it would grow back and I'd have to wash it sooner or later. So this sheet, you rub your head with it and it would actually clean your hair. The socks was an interesting one. I didn't understand the socks, but it turns out when they're working, an astronaut tends to hook their feet on something so they don't float around. Uh, so if let's say you're working at a computer, you hook your feet to the computer. When you're working on like a, a device or something, you try to hook your feet on the device. You're not wearing shoes, you're wearing socks. Those socks, the top gets rubbed so the socks wear out. So they're actually trying to like reinforce socks in such a way that the socks last longer. Uh, that's really interesting. I should have, I can't come up with a stronger conclusion, but uh, it's, it's neat. I never thought about some of the stuff you're going to need in space. You, you need stuff to clean your body and you need socks that aren't going to wear out.